So this is how Liberty dies, with Thunderous Faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it's another bonus episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. I'm your host, Storm Duper, and with me today in the studio in the swamps of Dagobah is that scoundrel, that nefarious Teeb Rontor. How are you doing today, Teeb? I'm doing great. Uh, I want to actually break out into thunderous applause today. Today is a very uh, uh, um, historic day. It very, is. Very it exciting. Is. The High Republic. The High Republic. The High Republic, the end of democracy as we know it. You know, it's a great day for the galaxy, I'd say. Well, yeah, I mean... The High Republic uh, definitely has a different connotation today. It's a a bit condescending, you know, if you're an Imperial, like, to think about the fact that their democratic system didn't work as well. Uh, Well, they had the Low Republic. I mean, nobody wants, oh, you're from the Low Republic, sorry. It's kind of virtue signaling to to be so um, arrogant as to call it the High Republic. It couldn't be like the Middle Republic or the Mediocre Republic. No, no, the High Republic. They're getting their comeuppance. They're getting what they deserve. So what we thought we'd do today for our fans who who are out there uh, wondering what's going on in the galaxy is just kind of pull out a little bit from all the intrigue and political garbage and and do a little read-through of some of the material released by Lucasfilm this week of The High Republic. If you don't have time to read the whole novel, uh, we're going to discuss it for you. So this should be a fun episode, Teeb. Yeah, I understand it's for young adults, though, uh, so I don't know if I should actually be listening to this. Uh, it's a little above my, you know, my level. We're not going to have to call authorities, you know, like you're not you're not you're not twittering and, and instagramming your lightsaber to to girls on twi- tiktok or anything are no, you no no i'm i'm not uh, other people you mentioned young adults so i just want to make sure oh yeah no this no, is 18 no. and over here so no no it's all it's all good it's just i'm afraid there's going to be some big words i won't understand but i'm glad that you're actually here in dagobah this time so i can <laughs> i can signal you and be like i don't understand that word that's right that's right i'm i'm here for all your uh linguistic lexical conundrums so yes But you know, Teeb, I just wanted to say, as as we've been down here visiting with you in the swamps, um, I I really had a problem when we first got here uh, due to the humidity, and we were walking along the beaches of of Lake Cisterna and all that, and uh, I was having some kind of rashes rashes forming on my Death Stars, um, and then you told me about this new product called the uh, the Perfect Package 3.0 by Manscaped. Yes, I did. I told you all about it in great detail. So uh, what I what I found out is that Manscaped is offering um, this fantastic, fantastic product. So Happy New Year's from our pro- from our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and is here to help you have clean balls in the new year. Ring in the new year, Teeb, with the right tools for the job. Clean balls for 2021. That's right. So, uh, you know, hairy nuts are still gross in 2021. Like 2020, you might have let things get out of control, but I implore you, keep your nuts clean. Step into the new year with your tree standing taller and shave your boys. I have used the product many times. It's wonderful, um, and I will never look back. I have no regrets whatsoever. So if you haven't tried out Manscaped, the Perfect Package 3.0, it is here to give you a New Year's resolution that you'll actually want to keep. The Perfect Package 3.0 is the -the below-the-waist grooming package you need to start off strong this year. You know, it comes with the Lawnmower 3.0 Teeb, and this is a waterproof, skin-safe trimmer that will reduce next year to best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to shine like a lightsaber into the promised land of 2021. That's awesome. 
Yeah. I saw you playing with that earlier, uh, you know, last night in here. I was hoping that's what it was. Sometimes I wish that my pubes grew faster just so I could use it more frequently because it's just such an effortless, relaxing experience. Great. Yeah. Um, and you can freshen up down there with a crop preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why not put them on the smelliest part of your body? For on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. And I'm telling you, Teeb, it makes mine smell like a bowl of Jorgen fruit. Yeah, see, I wonder what that smell was when you came into the house. I was like, I, I'm not familiar with the smell. That explains it. We don't have that here um, natively. That's why you need to start your new year off with a fresh set of testes, thanks to Manscaped. And they even throw in their shed travel bag to keep all these goodies shared comfortably. You know, here I'm traveling. I've got it all in one nice little leather satchel. It's very convenient. And they include a pair of anti-chafing boxer briefs, which will bring your underwear game to the next level as well. Teeb, bring sexy back in 2021, man. I intend to. So you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FSWRADIO, all in caps, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FSWRADIO, all in caps, at manscaped.com. New year, new balls. Your balls will thank you. All right. Well, you know, no place better to start, Teeb, than the opening crawl of the book Star Wars, The High Republic, Light of the Jedi. So they have an opening crawl for a book? How does that work? I guess it's like a prologue, you know, uh, keeping in theme with the saga films, I guess. Are we going to read it like line by line? Are you going to have like a ruler and, and just kind of, you know? We're going to release it uh, one line at a time for, for the next six weeks. So. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Charles, Charles Soleil. Charles Swal. Soleil. Know anything about Saul. Charles Swal? Saul. It's Saul. Ah, yes. He is the first, he has the auspicious, uh, you know, auspicious first author on this series. Um, have you read anything else he's done? Not familiar with the man. So he's from Brooklyn, and uh, he's done stuff with comic book. He's a writer, novelist, musician. Ooh, and be careful, he's also a legal attorney. Well, I'm not intending to break any laws while you're in town. <sighs> we better not make fun of him too hard, or we're going to get another cease and desist order at our office here in, in uh, Topeka, Kansas. So he's been writing for Daredevil, She-Hawk, The Death of Wolverine, a variety of other Star Wars books. So it seems like he's qualified. So he killed Wolverine? <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently. And, you know, he has he has a very, uh, you know, innocent baby face uh, to him. He just looks like he's a cherub of a man. Yeah, sure. He looks delightful. Looks like he was well-groomed for a series that also has absolutely no integrity or depth to it, huh? Looks like he might have used some manscaped on his face. <laughs> it's very it's very smooth. Yes, yes. So here's the crawl. Uh let's see how you react. You haven't read this by the way, right? This is no, the first time? no, no. Oh man, no. I have gonna have to use very my exciting. reading voice then. Hmm. The galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious republic, and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. Glorious Republic, it's already kind of like, oh, look at us, we're better than you. I know, right? Jeez. As a symbol of all that is good, the Republic is about to launch Starlight Beacon into the far reaches of the Outer Rim. This new space station will serve as a ray of hope for all to see. So Starlight instead of Death Star? 
It's like the the good Death Star. <laughs> Basically, it sounds like this is the way that the Republic is going to colonize and usurp power from all the other uh, planets in the galaxy. Right, but they're doing it under the guise of like benevolence. Like as, it's a starlight, starlight, star bright. We're here to colonize <laughs> you tonight. Yeah. As long as you call it something good, Teeb, yeah. it means you are good. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I like this. Why didn't the Empire try this out, you know? I mean, I guess in the in the sequel trilogy, they are saying, like, we need order, We, you know, this is what people want. It sounds like the Republic is taking the same tact here. Yeah, it did, you know, it worked really well for them. Re- disregard. Random drums? Yeah, sorry. And here's the last part. But just as a magnificent renaissance spreads throughout the Republic, so does a frightening new adversary. Now, the Guardians of Peace and Justice must face a threat to themselves, the galaxy, and the Force itself. So they're the Guardians of the Galaxy? Basically, yes. I think I've heard this this before. So how are they going to trump any... Ooh, there I used that danger word there. Ooh, sorry to trigger anybody. How are they going to surpass um, <laughs> any threat to the galaxy than, you know, none other than Sheev Palpatine, the Sith Lord of darkness and evil? Well, this is like way before Sheev, right? This is like, Sheev's not even a little a little thought in any other Dark Jedi's little seed stick, right? Theoretically, the Sith are non-existent, I guess, but there is a adversary to the Force itself. So that seems sort of Dark, dark Soul, Dark Lord-ish. Well, maybe we'll learn about Darth Plagueis the Wise. That's right. That's right. Not so wise. Okay. Well, I'd like to read a little more from the sample just to give us a little taster, okay? Please do. Great. Identifiers LCCN 20203011118. Print LCCN 20203019. Ebook ISBN 9780593157718. Hardcover acid free paper ISBN 9780059035705. Ebook ISBN. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I, I read anything that's put in front of me. So it's kind of like Anchorman, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the tutorial, whatever thing. So, right. The teleprompter, yes. Uh, there is a de- dedication here for Hannah, Sam, Chris, and Jay who love Star Wars as much as I do. Okay. Who are who? Oh, you wait. That's what it says. So th- he's yeah. assuming that they love Star Wars as much as he does. Or are you saying you? They love Star Wars as much as you, Storm Duper, do. Charles Soleil Soul is saying that these individuals love star wars as much as he does i think oh i was confused i thought he was talking about you and that really that would have blown me away like how is how does he know about us we're just you know i mean we are famous and everything but boy team if you don't know how pronouns work yet we're gonna have a real trouble getting through this literary uh you know excerpt here i said it was for young adults (laughs) i don't know big words i warned you the force is with the galaxy It is the time of the High Republic, a peaceful union of like-minded worlds where all voices are heard and governance is achieved through consensus, not coercion or fear. Oh my god. This is some Mickey Mouse beep. (laughs) Everybody's singing and dancing and kumbaya. We're all happy dappy doo. I I thought conflict was the centerpiece of drama, not... (laughs) Well, that's what I said. At least it introduced that there's going to be an adversary because I was about to say, so it's a renaissance. I like the renaissance. Actually, the renaissance is cool, but you got to have some... some, You got to have some baddies. Let's face it. That's true. People need baddies to make life interesting. And life is very interesting right now. 
So I suppose if this is the Italian Renaissance era of the uh, galaxy, their adversary would be, you know, as as Disney and Star Wars frequently do, there's going to be a cultural uh, appropriation of something historical. So if it was the Italian Renaissance era that we're in, we're going to have some Muslim invaders, it sounds like. Well, that and the fact that reason and enlightenment will be perceived as threats to this wonderful Kumbaya society. Yeah, sounds like it. It is an era of ambition, of culture. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't get through can't this. Get through it. <laughs> <laughs> of inclusion. <laughs> and, what? What's and, so funny? I don't I, I don't understand what's funny. And and vegan brownies. <laughs> ah. Of great works. So there you go. Visionary Chancellor Lena So leads the Republic from the elegant city world of Coruscant, located near the bright center of the galactic core. Is that the the character that looks like my ex-wife? Probably. And Rose Tico? Kind of like Rose Tico was was crunched down in a little uh, compactor? I think so. I think that's right. Probably sounds like her too, I'm guessing. Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful! This is the world of Coruscant that we never got in the prequels, this bustling, amazing world, because as you remember in the prequels, things were already in steady decline with rebellion and all kinds of trade disputes. Look, look further. What do you see? Where? In Coruscant. You see dungeons, you see depths of, of agony. Do you see all these people being exploited to make Coruscant great? I mean, come on, didn't Rose Tico teach you, did, did not Rose Tico teach you anything? That's true, yes. It, it is a horrible place, and so I guess we're going to see, before it gets horrible, I guess what it was like. It's always been horrible. Hmm. But beyond the core and its many peaceful colonies, there is the rim. Ah, here we go. Okay, so there is a bit of contrast here. There's this pleasant, lovely Coruscant and the rim. I told you, look further. Stay away from the rim, you know? I always try to stay away from the rim. Inner, mid, and finally at the border of what is known, the outer rim. So it's sort of like a dartboard, I guess. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. These worlds are filled with opportunity for those brave enough to travel the few well-mapped hyperspace lanes leading to them, though there is danger as well. So is this just like, okay, is this like a frontier land? Because they're saying there's only a few, like, trade routes and things. I think so, because, like, the starlight beacon is supposed to make it easier to go to Tatooine, basically, is what it sounds like to me. So is this westward expansion and manifest destiny of the Star Wars universe? Yes, this is the Louisiana Purchase, I guess, of the Ah. Star Wars land. So, yeah, uh, you know, the French owned most of the Outer Rim, uh, and then they got into some battle with the Huts, and then, you know, we're going to see some leader, Lena Lena So comes in, and she buys the whole galaxy for, like, $6 and a can of Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Who who would the French be in Star Wars? I don't even want to know what that is. Like like wh- 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 the wh- the Tadarians maybe Toydarians are sort of friends yeah uh, ah, uh, they're ah. more the Greeks though they're not as like ambitious like who's the Napoleon Bonaparte of the Star Ooh. Wars alien species Ooh. yeah dang I don't know it's probably Jar Jar Binks oh my god yeah um so yeah this is this is pretty interesting you know uh the outer rim is a haven for anyone seeking to escape the laws of the Republic and is filled with predators of every type. But why would anybody want to escape the laws of the Republic if it's such a wonderful society? 
I'm so confused. It makes no sense. I guess they want to sell their spice at a higher rate and get outside of the the taxation of uh, express routes, maybe. So they have taxes in Coruscant? I already hate it. I suppose so, yeah. So I'm going to skip ahead here. Um, You know, this is called part one now, The Great Disaster. Oh. So chapter one, hyperspace, the legacy run. Three hours to impact. Mm. Drama already. All is well. Captain Hedda Cassett reviewed the readouts and displays built into her command chair for the second time. She always went over them at least twice. <laughs> wow, that Thank is... God, they, they that told is us that. Froze, man. <laughs> I was feeling anxious, you know? Yeah, like, like, wait, can we trust this woman commander in her commander chair? Oh, wait, well, no, she checked the, the logs twice. So already we know that Captain Hedda Cassett is extremely responsible. And probably has OCD, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she had more than four decades of flying behind her. But then why does she need to check twice if she's got so much experience? <laughs> hey, measure twice, cut once, right? I suppose I that's true. Yeah. I'm being too hard on Hedda. Hedda. Oh, gosh. Um, she figured... Oh, I'm sorry. She had more than four decades of flying behind her and figured the double check was a large part of the reason she had survived all that time. Yeah, you know, whenever, you know, you're you're <laughs> flying around in space combat or wherever, I always see Han Solo check everything twice or Ray or any of these people that are like flying by the seat of their pants. Making a list, checking it twice. Han Solo's coming to town. <laughs> so she's she's auditing her logs. Is that what she's doing? I guess so. All is well, she said out loud this time, announcing it to her bridge crew. (laughs) Time for my rounds. Lieutenant Bowman, you have the bridge. Um, Wow, this is already too much for me. This is way too exciting. This is Star Trek to me, man. I know, I was just going to say that. This feels more like Star Trek. (laughs) Ouch. Acknowledged, Captain. Her first officer replied, standing standing from his own seat in preparation to occupy hers until she returned from her evening constitutional. So now we're playing musical chairs and we're getting a step-by-step narration. Okay, I've heard people say constitutional when they're going to go take a poop. So is she going to take a poop? What does she bring with her to read? Apparently this is euphemistic language for going to the vac tube. And this musical chairs, uh, you know, this, what is the great disaster? Like um, uh, when she returns from the vac tube, she's going to break one of the chairs or something into a million pieces when she sits down into it. Or space gas. Yeah. Fart and break the chair. Not every long haul freighter captain ran their ship like a military vessel. (laughs) Because not every long-haul military captain was in a riveting Star Wars novel. <laughs> it's Star Trek. Yeah, basically. Star Trek, yeah. <laughs> Hedda had seen star starships with stained <laughs> floors and leaking pipes and cracks in their cockpit viewports. Lapses that speared her to her very soul. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, a dirty ship? That's has the an, least of her problems. She's anyone, about to have a great disaster. <laughs> has anyone seen every single spaceship in Star Wars? It looks like a dumpster had a baby. <laughs> what a hunk of junk. Yeah, I know. Like, just because the Republic is awesome doesn't mean that they can afford sanitation services. No, that's true. Somebody has to clean this ship. Apparently, they're not. Yeah. So she's a pretty crappy commander. <laughs> literally crapping her brains out, I guess. She needs to get back on the chair. But Hedda Cassett began her career as a fighter pilot with the Malister Sullust Joint Joint Task Force, keeping order in their little sector on the border of the Midrim. So she's one of these militant 
like military officers who got kicked out of the military and now she's like running a, a, a hauler ship basically and yeah she never left the field is what we'd say she never left the the fleet you know she's like still trying to run her ship like it's you know the space marines and they're all just like we just want to get really drunk and spend all of our money on women and 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 booze so so yeah so i'm gonna skip ahead a bit you know because it says here that no don't skip ahead this is amazing <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm gonna miss out what, what's the great disaster <laughs> right everybody wants miss to the know, great right? disaster she started out flying an income z24 the single seat fighter everyone just called a buzz bug yeah buzz bug i actually yeah. like that buzz droids buzz bug buzz buzz uh so bugs are now canon apparently in star wars sure. um mostly security missions hunting down pirates and the like Eventually, though, she rose to command a heavy cruiser, one of the largest vessels in the fleet. A good career doing good work. I'm sorry. Wait, I, I, I'm sorry. I fell asleep a little. <laughs> it sounds like she graduated with valedictorian honors. Yeah, it sounds like her and Spock. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm sorry. This is painful to me, Steve. <laughs> I do not get paid enough to read this garbage. Well, thank God we have a, a, a sponsor now because Manscaped is, is stepping in and, and making it all worth yes. the time. <laughs> she left Mollust JTF. What? Joint task force. Oh, yes. With distinction and moved. Oh, see, she did graduate as a valedictorian. <laughs> She was on the STEM oh program, and, you know, when she was in STEM, her professor always said, make sure you check everything twice. Uh, I'm just waiting for this to turn into, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, dear. She's going to meet some, like, you know, rough around the edges uh, co-pilot guy who's going to, like, turn her on into, like, this... Oh, a scruffy-looking guy? Yes, probably. She left with distinction and moved on to a job captaining merchant vessels for the Biern Guild, or Byron Guild, her version of a relaxed retirement. But 30-plus years in the military meant order and discipline weren't just in her blood. They were her blood. Oh, boy. So apparently, according to somebody who's probably never... You, you can tell this guy never spent a day in the military. Yes. It, it seems like um, you can have three things in your blood in Star Wars. You can have midichlorians, or you can have order and discipline. <laughs> <laughs> I personally only have, like, just kind of order but it's like no order it's like orderless yeah her disachlorians here are making her who she is she she she's just a pawn in all of this she doesn't have any agency she just is who she is teeb that's the stuff of riveting drama no decisions no hero moments just this is who i am and i'm perfect now listen to me as i get good grades at flight school <laughs> check my work twice yeah <laughs> Uh, it is disappointing to me that this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, I'm not wrong about so any of it. So your expectations were not subverted at all. They were dead on. Yep. Um, so every ship she flew now was run like it was about to fight a decisive battle against the Hut Armada, even if it was just carrying a load of ogret hides from world A to world B. <laughs> What is that? Oh, my God. So they're specific enough to mention a hot armada, ogret hides, which we have no idea what they are, but no, 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 world A and world B, right? Not like Tatooine or Sav, you know, Sabine ah. or whatever other planet. Yeah, similes are hard. Metaphors are hard, whatever that one is. And that's not even Arabesh, right? Like, the letters are not, yeah. Mm. I'm going to let that fly, but this ship, the Legacy Run, was no exception. 
Wait, that's called the Legacy Run? Yeah. Oh. That's a cool name. I'll like accept it. that. Yeah, I liked it. Hedda stood, accepting and returning Lieutenant Jerry Bo- <laughs> Jerry Bowman? <laughs> so now he's got a first name. <laughs> His name is Jerry? <laughs> Okay, it's spelled. Wait, is he the master of his domain? I guess it's spelled J A R Y, so I guess it could be Jari. Jari, that's which is not, even worse. That's not better. Yeah, that's that's much much worse. It's a, a horrible. The Jerry name. Seinfeld of uh, of of space. He sounds to me like Jerry from Rick and Morty. You know, the father of the family who can't do anything right and is completely ineffectual and uh, flaccid about everything. She stretched, okay. feeling the bones of her spine crackle and crunch. Aww. Too many years on patrol in tiny cockpits. Too many high G maneuvers, sometimes in combat, sometimes just because it made her feel alive. Oh my god, is she on menopause? Like, why do I have to hear this woman's, like, every, you know, like, moment in her body? Get to the good stuff. I know, I know. The real problem, though, she thought, talking a stray strand of gray hair behind one ear, is too many years. Too many years. Yeah. So this yeah. is an old spinster with scoliosis who has, who's incontinent, apparently. <laughs> and we're just following her around on her Star Trek ship as she, as she flirts with Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Boner. What's his name? Jerry Boner? Jerry Boner, yeah. Jerry Bowman. Bowman? Oh, man. Bowman? Well, there's a lot left here. Hey, let's just take a bit. Like, there's a lot more that we can read. Like, it's 150 pages. Yeah, sure. I want to find out what the great so. disaster is, though. I know, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get to that really just off the cuff. Why don't here. we just do every opening of every chapter? Uh, well, it's not the... Oh, okay, okay. All right, let's fast forward. Um, so, Please, please, God. Oh, wait, no, no. Forward. Here, we got to get to an action scene here. Okay, okay. Oh, here we go. All right, here we go. So, so um, all right, so just, just to let our, let's, uh, let our friends know here out in the faking world that the Legacy Run ship encounters some kind of uh, disaster in space. I'm not going to spoil everything, um, but here's the last uh, you know page and a half of the first chapter. Hilda dies. <laughs> Hedda opened her eyes. She released the control sticks and tapped out commands on her console, activating the bulkhead shielding that separated each cargo module in the instance of a disaster, thinking that perhaps it might give some of the people aboard a chance. Oh, so she's going to, like, go down with the ship. How Sounds like unique. this is going to pull a Admiral Holdo maneuver. Holdo maneuver, yeah. <laughs> she thought about Serge and his friends playing in the com. See, they are French! Serge! <laughs> Serge. <laughs> yeah. Playing in the common area and how emergency doors had just slammed down at the entrance to each passenger module, possibly trapping them in a zone that was about to become vacuum. Ouch. Bye, Serge. Yeah. She hoped... You know what he needed? He needed a, he needed a surge protector. Yeah. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, you're terrible, team. I, I hate am. you. I hope it was quick. I hope his death was quick and painless. She hoped the children had gone to their families when the alarms sounded. Mm. She didn't know. She just didn't know. She should have checked twice. Hedda locked eyes with her first officer, who was staring at her, knowing what was about to happen. He saluted, Captain Lieutenant Bowman Boner Face said. It's been in. The bridge ripped open. Hedda Cassett died. <laughs> <laughs> I 
said, what the hell? What's going to happen? Literally, the sentence is, the bridge ripped open, and then the next sentence is, Hedda Cassett died, not knowing if she had saved anyone at all. Like, nothing. Like, she was pulled out into deep space, she hit her head. Well, maybe she just died out of, uh, for reasons that nobody can really understand. Wow. Just sadness. She, she died because she was constipated. So I, sadness. yeah, she, <laughs> she died from infinite sadness. Oh, so that's the first chapter. Um, wow. I, is that the great tragedy that Hedda Cassett died at the beginning of this novel? I think so. I think she was a really fascinating character and now they have nowhere to go with the rest of the book. That's probably why they're going to bring in Yoda. I'm glad that we skipped by and we don't actually know what happened to the ship because that's probably the interesting part. And this way our um, fans out there will become really, really upset and alienated at this. Uh, and they probably will never buy the book. So Definitely. That is our goal. Yeah. Alienate as many fans as we can. Maybe we should hold off and, and go to the next chapter, you know, in a future episode, Teeb. What do you think? I think if it keeps our audience on the edge of their chrome seats, then sure. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for the next episode with Teeb and myself where we do a little uh, breakdown discussion of the High Republic light of the light of the valedictorian. Um, <laughs> like. Light of the valedictorian. Yeah, yeah, but I'm impressed with the first chapter. There's a lot, a lot going on there. Uh, spaceship somehow so wait, gets subverted. Does, and does Jerry Seinfeld Bowman die? I think so. I think they all go down with the ship. But I want to know. I want to know what happens to George Costanza. <laughs> he's he's looking. He's got an app that he's finding the best bathroom in space for. Obviously. Right, right. <laughs> Great. Well, sadly, Teeb, that is all the time that we have. We're not allowed to read any more of the book, or Disney will sue our asses again. Yes, I know. I have a pile of lawsuits stacked on my desk that I just am never gonna have time to get through. At least they're nicer than Metallica. That's true. So for all listeners out there, please go to manscaped.com and get 20% off free shipping with the code FSWRADIO, all in caps, FSWRADIO. And uh, tell the listeners where they can find us, Teeb. You can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Faking Star Wars. And if you want to submit a question for us on Twitter, please use the hashtag FSWRADIO and we'll read it on the next episode. You can also get official Faking Star Wars t-shirts and other great gear at bit.ly slash fsw merch and you can follow me on twitter at storm duper you can also follow me on twitter at tbrontor that's t-e-e-b-r-o-n-t-r and you can follow fsw radio on twitter and instagram as well that's right and if you like what you hear and want to support what we do you can visit the patreon at patreon.com slash faking star wars here in 2021 we are really trying to raise some funds to up our game we're looking at doing some video stuff maybe and i need a new helmet still so we really would appreciate it if you would support us at the jedi knight level it's only five dollars a month or you can just be a meager padawan for a buck a month you get early access to all our podcasts too if you do that you need all the help you can get because uh, you're gonna need a lot of meds in 2021 that's for damn sure you can join the fake jedi padawan stephen howard or rick swift the mediocratics darth taxis and keith Harmon, who support us at the fake jedi knight level that's right and if you've not written us a review yet please consider giving us a five-star review on itunes podchaser spotify walmart podcasting or whatever platform you choose it really helps people find us when they search for star wars on their podcast apps and if you write a funny review we may even read it on an upcoming episode maybe And one more thing before we go, we want to invite you to join the FSW Discord server. So that's a free online chat room full of fakers discussing Star Wars, other nerd culture topics, and even playing some games. 
and the link is bit.ly forward slash FSW Discord, and make sure that FSW is all in caps. As always, stay tuned to fakingstarwars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to you and all of our followers for listening. May the foe be with you. See you next time, Teeb. See you in 2022. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's right. I don't even want to make it that far, I don't think, right now. (laughs) Unless there's going to be novels published like this. Absolutely riveting. (laughs) 